Hey, what up, guys? It's me again, and welcome to the This Is My Moment podcast. Just like always, we love to see you smile. We love meeting new people, and today's going to be no different. Let's go get it. There ain't no stopping it. This is my moment. Uh, join the movement. We bringing people together, bringing positivity, making changes for the better. Cause it's all about- Today, I got a guy on the line with me from the south coast of England. I told you guys at the end of last season, this is going to be crazy. And this is just making my, my, my wishes and my dreams come true. This is my moment. We're in the building. Introduce yourself to the family. I'm uh, Sean Parker. Um, I'm a writer and an artist, and, uh, I, and, and I specialize in culture and justice reform. And I'm very delighted to be uh, invited onto your show today. So let me ask you a couple questions, man. I saw that... Um, Reading up on you, you got into like a lot of trouble early, early as a kid. Is that kind of true? I have uh, had a chaotic life at, at times, but um, yeah. as a kid, I was quite kind of well behaved. But um, okay. I have a stammer, so and that stammer mm-hmm. can lead you um, to some blocks in life, and um, yeah. I think that gives you a urge to kind of um, to sometimes fight a little yeah. bit against the system and things like that. Oh, okay, okay. Let me ask you this, then, man. So, how? When you was going through that time, right, with your stammer and trying to to navigate through it, what kept you positive? What kept you resilient? What kept you pushing forward, man? I personally think that, that kind of people have an internal thing, which is sort of like a golden mean, like an average mm. that they return to. So if you go through really difficult times, you kind of come back to that central um, uh, stream. You know, so it can be really good and come back to normal, really bad and come back to normal. And I've yeah. got quite positive natural setting i think i think anyway and a lot of creativity i'm based on creativity so if i'm being creative i'm happy basically when you started implementing that positivity into your life right when you realized that you had it what point in life were you at because a lot of times what i've noticed that a lot of the things that you have inside of you you don't know right away right you have to go through some things to find out that you are a more positive person or that you are resilient or that you are someone that is someone that you're not. You have to grow into that person. At what point in your life did you realize that you had it? So it's a difficult question, isn't it? But a very interesting <laughs> one. Um, I suppose um, after my dad died um, in 1997, when I was 22, um, I started to, to, to kind of drink kind of quite a lot and yeah. I split up from my ex-wife I had a very very kind of early wife uh, situation and we yeah. broke up because of the drinking because of the grief and yeah. um, in that process very bumpy for years and years but you start to realize that you are who you are and what you want to do and um, it can involve being a little selfish or looking selfish mm. it feels like you're just doing your own thing but you start to focus your view and to to knuckle down as we say um, and it's doing what you have to do so I suppose it was the death of my dad really is the answer to that. Like I was talking to you earlier, my grandfather, right? That was my guy. And when he died, I found myself going through moments where I still think about things that he said, right? And I still think about those moments, right? And think about not wallowing in the misery, but remembering the joy that he brought to me. What was going through your mind as far as growing into the person that you wanted to be or, or building up who you were when your father passed, man? What what was going through your mind, man? 
haven't thought about that for so long. Really good question. Um, he had been quite done down in the family because he had mm. some problems. He was a controlling man. Right. And um, though I loved him because you, you love your dad and, you know, he's intelligent and funny and all those things. But he also had this other side of being controlling, mm. which I heard about from my mum. Yeah. So after someone's gone, you don't want to talk badly about them. But no. people around you can be talking badly still. So you try mm. to just either ignore or to hold them to yourself, don't you? And go, whatever his problems, still my dad. And I've still got all these good things from him. Right, right. And you process it that way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You're right. My my father, he's he's in he's not passed away. He's still living. He's kicking, man. But for years, I've had, I held animosity and grudges, right? And I didn't talk to him. I didn't tell him I love him. And once I started growing up, right, and, and becoming my own man, I realized that a lot of times what you see is not always what you get. Sometimes they have their own issues. And I think as as kids, we have different expectations, but then as we grow into to adulthood, we have expectation management and understand that our parents are just people just like us. And and I didn't, and I don't, waste words because today you may be here and tomorrow you may not be. And I want to always make sure that the last thing I tell you is what I want to be the last thing I tell you, right? If that makes any sense. So... When you were going through your trouble, man, did you have a support system around you? And I know that you said that you you started drinking heavily, and that's 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 always a go to for a lot of people, man. I, I drank a little bit on on occasion that, on my low times. But what about your support structure? Did you have people around you that was helping Sean out, man? The the answer to that question is no, I didn't. Um, it, it was it was rough. Um, I started right. to have kind of, um, I started to have kind of panic attacks. Um, because of the drinking, and yeah. then that turned into a kind of depression, a very dark place. It, we're talking t- 25 years ago now, so it's easier to look. Um, yeah, of course. And the fact is that I didn't have a lot of friends. I, I'm not massively into a huge amount of friends. I like a couple of good ones, you know, but yeah. there really wasn't anyone around because I'd yeah. split from my wife, and my dad was gone, uh, and my mum w- was around the corner. I love my mum, but um, she was with my stepdad, and it's kind of you don't want to impinge on their thing, you know. Yeah. Twenty two, you want to get on. So, yeah, I was doing it all myself, and I didn't have the words to tell people I'm having a mental breakdown, which is what was actually going on. Oh, man, it's crazy. And a panic attacks every day is that, isn't it? I mean, it's really, really heavy stuff. When you were having these panic attacks, right, Sean? Man, like, did you feel them coming? Like, what was your mental? What was your mental health like? Like at that time, and and once we, I'm gonna ask you this, and then I want to bring it a little bit closer to to 2023 because you got some interesting stuff I want to touch on. But a lot of people, a lot of people don't talk about mental health, right? A lot of people don't realize that being mentally strong can actually help you physically or mentally weak and having those breakdowns start to break down your body. It's just it's just part of what it is. At that time in your life, right? What was your mental health like? An absolute mess. Uh, but yeah. because I'm a guy, we are guys, we tend to be in the cave to protect yeah. ourselves, how we feel. Um, yeah. That's got a value to it. That doesn't have a value. But also you need to express exactly as you're hinting towards doing what we do, what we're doing at the moment, communicating about how these things actually are. Because um, the rates of suicide 
come in around the world is is is, is terrible right now. So it, what we're doing is incredibly valuable. Um, yeah. Answering your question, it was a, a terribly hard time, and um, when you're having panic attacks or you're edging towards this depression mm-hmm. because you're expecting them, so yeah. you're f- fragile all the time. You don't trust your mind, so <clears> you're like. What could I do? And that kind of fear, and the fear that that brings all the time, is just so weakening. You know, you don't. You can pretend to be strong. You might not have anything happening sort of physically, but you're always yeah. convinced you're going to have a heart attack because your dad died of a heart attack, or yeah. something's about to fall you. You know, and when you're drinking, but heavily, and going in and out of drink, you're just um, you're not as in control as you are when you get older, as we are perhaps now. When did you make that change, man? When did you make that change from from that weak mindset to right now? I saw that you're an author, you're a, you're an editor, like you're doing a lot of great stuff, man. And that and, and to me, to me that shows not just adaptability but change and growth, right? Because you could have easily stayed in that in that drinking in, in, in that negative atmosphere, in that negative environment, but obviously you didn't. What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> um at the whole time, I was still making and still on the inside thinking it's going to get better because there's a core of yourself which goes, I'm still here just about, you know, this, this is the worst thing in the world, but things might get better. Um, you trust into that. And just to bring ourselves up up into this this kind of decade uh, and the last, um, I went to prison a couple of years ago, which I'm yeah. sure we'll get into. And that is such a straightening experience into uh, <clears throat> you know, all these things you have are suddenly reduced into almost nothing into yourself. So um, but what, I wasn't kind of drinking anyway, particularly before it. Um, but yeah. that's all gone because I'm not the kind of prisoner who's going to be all doing illegal stuff and all that. So I was you know, well-behaved. Yeah. And all. So you just store ideas, write them down, store it all up and go, once I'm yeah. out, I'm going to um, do this plan, which is a, ba- a bunch yeah. of creativity in my case. You know, Not everyone's yeah. got such a good plan yeah, yeah, true that. And you said earlier that you're a creative guy, man. We, we, so when you were locked down, man, and you were in there, what did you come up with? What was your creativity? Where was your mind going? And what were the ideas that you were coming up with? I'm very into the English language. You know, I'm a writer, and my stammer makes me even more into the English language, I think. Um, yeah. Every night, when you're in, in, a, in an English prison, I don't know how it is over there, but you do have a TV but that's pretty much all you've got. And over, over over the months, you get yourself a radio and all these very basic 20th century things. So you're yeah. reducing that like 1980s existence and mm-hmm. um, like a pad. That's so I, I do sketches and um, um, then some, then kind of each, each evening I will find myself doing a poem because uh, poetry is, it can be seen as pretentious, but it can also be incredibly expressive. And it, that's how it was for me. And I got myself a really... Over the four and a half years I was inside, I got myself like 400 poems, really mm. good standard. And then I cut them down when I got out to be edited, which I'm going to release later this year. So that's all come come good at last. Hey, you. Yeah, you listening. Do you like personal finance or real estate? Are you itching to build wealth and create a better life for yourself or your family? then you need to come check out the Life, Money, and More podcast with real estate agent, YouTuber, and actor, Sage Weiss. 
This isn't your average finance show. We dive deep and do not sugarcoat topics around money and life. The Life, Money, and More podcast releases two episodes a week just for you because we're all about helping you win in this crazy world we live in. Come join the thousands of listeners on the Life, Money, and More podcast. That's what's up, man. So I was reading that you are an editor of something called, let me see, False Allegations, Watch for the Empowering of the Innocent. Is that true? Uh, yeah, um, it's actually called False Allegations Watch, which is a division of Empowering the Innocent. Talk to me about that. Talk to me a little bit about that, man. What is that? False Allegations Watch is uh, for people like me who were falsely accused or wrongfully convicted, as we yeah. claim. And I write about those cases, what those people have gone through. Uh, mm. it can, be, can be in America, can be in England, in the Anglosphere, you know. And yeah. um, we, we kind of analyze the cases. Um, the person that's the managing editor, I'm just the editor of that. The right. managing editor is Dr. Michael Norton, who is the UK's chief miscarriages of justice expert. Okay. So he's Great. kind of based at, at, at the University of Bristol here which yeah. is kind of like a Boston university or just to give you an uh, equivalence, you know, and uh, yeah. he's brilliant on this subject. He's a pal of mine and yeah. he gives me these ideas of what to write about. And I give him a report about um, a person in, in America, Mr. Craig Williams, I think is, 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 is a guy there who's been in, inside for years and he's desperate to get his appeal. And right. he didn't have to on him. I think he's in Alabama just for the American side. And Mr. Marilyn Manson, I just did one about him. He keeps yeah. having the cases chucked out, you know. So I report about these legal things um, yeah. because of what's happened to the justice industry over the last ten or fifteen years. is It's incredible in both of our countries. Yeah, goodness, that's heavy stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just my job, exactly. And yeah. I've been through it, and I like English, so you put them together, and you know, you've got a lot of information. I try and keep it cheerful as best I can. Let me ask you this: How do you how do you approach something like that, right? So. When you're looking at these guys and you understand from experience what's going on, what direction do you go as far as getting a story like that written up, man? Because I'm a multimedia guy. When I was in the military, I wrote stories and I, I took photos. That was my job in the military. I was an Air Force photographer, public relations. So I understand the story. I understand doing the research. I understand the visualization of reading and writing these stories, right? What aspect do you take? Are you non-judgmental? Are you giving it to them facts? Are you making it like, what are you doing, man? Because that's that's deep. Yeah, I um, kind of attempt to keep it kind of as factual as possible. Um, yeah. You get together everything that I know and has mm-hmm. been written. So you have to have kind of chunks of paragraphs of what happened. Yeah. Then you get what that person says because they've usually got in touch with you or kind of their partner or a friend or something. And you see what their side is. Okay. So you pull that in to the text. And then at the end of it, what we like to do on False Allegations Watch is at the end, I give like like an like an oversight opinion of what's gone wrong, how how this is like Marilyn Manson has been done by the music industry mm-hmm. and by me too. And but it's 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 the other end of me too. It's the really yeah. sort of cynical part where it's all about money. Um people are starting to realize this. Loads of people are realizing it. And um despite what anyone feels about Manson, you know, he's a he's an object. Um, it's still, you, you don't get to do this. And um, it's Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, and a very controversial stuff, but very interesting and very worth writing about and um, getting to the heart of what the court cases have done to them. 
Um, yeah. It's heavy, but I try to keep it kind of entertaining as well in the English language. That's deep, man. Because a lot of those, a lot of those are people that that we know. A lot of people, especially my generation, we know Michael Jackson, we know Art Keller, we know Marilyn Manson. Like we know a lot of these guys that you're bringing up, and 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 when you're writing about them. And us being able to put a face with a name and then seeing it written on paper, man, that's that's real deep, man. I, I'm just very, very interested in what's happened, and it's come out of out of out of America, kind of over the Atlantic and to Australia and things. You know, the things that you guys have bred in the legal system has been yeah. kind of transplanted, exported. So yeah. we're all having to deal with it. Some of us have gone through it, and I'm yeah. just like you. I love the music of Michael Jackson and. Um, Loads of stuff, basically, in the soul R&B genre is, is very right. much in my um, bloodstream, too. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. That's stuff I really, really care about, too. And when I hear about an allegation, I want to get to the heart of it and to find out what's really gone on and, and then to report back to um, my country, you know. When you're talking about that stuff, man, your face lit up. That means it's a passion. It's a passion in it. What's your passion? What That fire that I just saw, Sean, where is that coming from, man? What is that? I adore music. I'm a, I'm a musician. I've got kind of 10 albums out and I, I'm all about music and I'm Man. all about art in, in, as a bigger thing. I mean, yeah. if, if it comes to absolute heroes, uh, Prince is, 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 I imagine, my absolute hero, you know. Okay. So that'll give you some context as to where I'm coming from. Talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also like people like David Bowie and uh, all kinds of other characters, you know. Yeah. It's, not about, it's not about race. But race is a very interesting thing because why do I like such such a lot of black music, for example? And, and yeah. it's, you know, loads of people in my country like that too. So you try and and the wonderful thing about tech and internet is that we can have these conversations outside mm -hmm. of certain other spheres, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of artistry that's my passion. But I've been through this monstrous justice sort of process, which is yeah. people are very interested in. So I've been sucked into that and I put them together, and, and that's what keeps me um keeps me going. Keeps, kind of, you know, gets me to want to talk to you about that kind of thing. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And you know what's funny, man? A lot of people may underestimate the power of music, though. Like, for me, I put on my favorite songs, and, and I'm a I'm an old-school guy, right? Like, I love R&B. I love old-school hip-hop. I love bluegrass music. I love country music, right? I love it. I love it. And when I'm down on myself, right, and I'm having my bad days, and... I think a lot of people misunderstand that because I talk about resiliency and positivity that I'm always positive and it's not always the case. I have a bad day just like everyone else. Right. And when I go to work and I may not want to go to work and I ride, man, and I put the music on. Right. And I just listen to the songs and all of a sudden my mind changes. My attitude changes. I'm smiling. People are looking in the car because I'm riding and I'm singing. Right. And I'm just and I just feel better. And I think that's what music does to me. And obviously it does the same to you because you started smiling, man. You leaning up to the camera, man. You getting it. So. <laughs> so I got a question for you. You said that you're getting ready to put out a book of poems. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Okay, so when when is it coming out? And what's the name of it? Is that released? Can you release that to me? Um, it's not that kind of far down the line because okay. I've just just actually released another book about about a month ago, which I'm kind of promoting at the moment. In, in okay, talk to me about okay, talk to me about the one you just released then, because I see if you excuse me, and maybe I'm wrong. It says that you have eight. Did you write eight? Yeah. Okay, so 
So talk to me about the one that you just released. That is um, uh, Compelling Speech, it's called, The Stammering Enigma. Where can we where can we find that at? It's on Amazon, naturally. Um, if, if you look up Compelling Speech, Sean B.W. Parker. Gotcha. Then okay. it'll be on there, and it's, it's obviously available in America. And um, that's about stammering and about how kind of culture sees stammering, how it deals with it. Um, and did you know that Marilyn Monroe had a stammer, for example? Almost nobody mm. knows that. And Mr. Joe Biden, your current prez, has one too, which mm. that's, that's part of the reason that he makes his mistakes, his gaffes, as they call it over here. It's yeah. a big stammer. And I kind of go into all that kind of thing in there. It's, it's not really about um, how to feel better. There, there are parts of that in there, to be honest. No, there are. It's just more about the culture of stammering and how stammerers are seen. You know, I have a stammer, but in our chat today, it's really just not um, a very big thing because it's so open and nice. Yeah. But when things are more stressful and more um, differently done, when it's a stressful situation going on, yeah. it will come out. I mean, like in court, I didn't speak because of it, and thus uh -huh. things went wrong, you know. Yeah. But it has lots of different elements in my life stammering. Okay. And you know what's funny, man, is a lot of times when you get in those situations, you you know what to say, right? And you know you know what you want to say. And I and I could believe that having that that stammer would make it very difficult to make the point that you want to make, and people take it the way that you mean for the for for it to be put out. And, and I don't know if that's one hundred percent correct, but I can understand and I can picture that people looking at you a little different because you're not able to to verbalize in the way that you want and in the manner that you want it to be received. Did you find that kind of the case too? That's, that's exactly it. Um, I knew that um, even if I could get the words out in a court situation, you're not really free speaking, are you? You're just answering questions. Yeah. And you're yeah. answering questions based on their plans. So it's yeah. designed to capture a person. I, I speak honestly in answer to things. And if I have yeah. to strategize my answers i'm going to stammer and thus i'm going yeah. to look guilty anyway and if i say yeah. to the jury, because i stammer it's it's just all it's just please don't make me speak you know it's that yeah. kind of reaction, which is what yeah. i did that's crazy that's crazy but it, that's life and you and you dealt with it man and you came out shining you're looking good and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a look at the book man what is it Com compelling speech right is that the yeah, name compelling of the book? speech the right, enigma so yeah, we got you on the link on that, man. We're gonna check it out. So at the end of every show, I started doing these things where you have to pick between two objects, two questions, two things, right? And this is only for genuineness. I'm not gonna throw you under the bus. I'm not gonna give you no hard questions, right? But I am gonna make you think. I wanna see the genuineness inside of you, Sean. You ready to play? Okay. Here we go. You have one song to choose. Everything else goes in the garbage. What's your song? The Don't Believe the Hype by Public Enemy. Ah, ah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The funkiest song I've ever heard in my life still after 30 years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, early hip-hop, man. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I give you the phrase, this is my moment. First thing comes to your mind. This is my moment. I think uh, Jean-Paul Sartre's book, Nausea, when he's standing on a bridge 
and he's deciding not to kill himself because um, he's too afraid to do it. But it's an amazing book as well, such <laughs> nausea. And uh, he puts suicide in a very, very amusing way in that. And it just makes you want to puke when you're reading it. So um, when you're talking about being in the moment, that's the existentialism side of it, which isn't always good, but it's another side of what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Man, I tell you what, man. You know, this is season two for, for us at This Is My Moment, man. And we're just starting. And this was amazing conversation. This was a very eye-opening. It was unique to what we do because I don't think resiliency has a face, right? Resiliency and planning and work and growth comes in all shapes and sizes. So it doesn't matter if you're over here or if you're over there. The way that you gathered yourself, Sean, the way that you picked yourself up, the way that you move forward past all of those obstacles. I don't believe in roadblock. I believe in obstacles. You you went through it, man, and you got through it, man, and you're doing a phenomenal job. So thank you for coming out. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you so much. I'm going to take a look for your book. And uh, and again, man, from, from on this side of the water, Sean, appreciate you, brother. Don't move. I got to close out the show. Hey, guys, here's the deal. It doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. Sometimes growth comes in different ways and in different forms, and you may not be ready for it in this particular form, but it doesn't mean it's not growth. Be ready to accept it, be ready to grow from it, and be ready to own it and move on. And at the end of the day, go get it! Join the movement, we bringing people together, bringing positivity, making changes for the better. Cause it's all about growth, all about success. We wanna see you rise.